This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. We all remember the big moments in the movies we see. The big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Electric Dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nonzada, and I'm your gracious host. Alongside me, the bound by truth, enveloped by wetness, shark fin salad eating, tasting the grapes as they're grown, boning out in the nun's machine. Mr. Just What what's up, sir? How you doing? Oh, man. Nick, I don't mean to give too much away, but it's 420 today, brother. Come on now. It's 420, man. Is that why everybody was posting that? Is there, I didn't see it. Are people posting about it? Of course they are. It's a big day, Nick, for marijuana smokers in your life. You know? I think every day is a big day for a marijuana smoker if marijuana exists. That's what they call them, right? Marijuana smokers? That for, is it the formal? Dopers? <laughs> I just sound old talking about this. I, um, I think 420 doesn't even matter anymore because pot is such a non-harmful mm-hmm. to the world thing. You know, people just do it and go on with their business. Government says, I got some money. I'm going to just take that and I'll take that and I'll take that. And look at this going in my pocket. For, you had a friend in, that got into the uh, weed biz, right? I have, a handful of, I have a handful of friends in that industry. Oh, not more than one, huh? Are they doing well? Are they prospering? One of them owns a grower in, uh, in uh, Michigan. He's yeah. doing okay. The one who I thought was going to go into the pot business did the second best thing and started a cheese shop. So <laughs> how's that doing? Pretty good, probably. I right? haven't spoken to him. I, you know, and it's weird because I'm in the market for some cheese. Do you think he's uh, his eyes pop open at three a.m. in the morning? He's like, I fucked up getting into cheese. <laughs> Oops. He's looking at. I should have got into weed. He's looking at his Swiss watch. He's, it says four twenty. He's like, oh god, why do you have to mock me, life? <laughs> And you have a friend in the popcorn business and the cheese business and the weed business and obviously cigar business. What else? Who else? Um, is? I mean, the, the, what's beautiful about the world is that you accumulate people that fall into various careers of varying importance when it comes to the general public. But there, there's a need for everything. There's a guy whose job it is to build, you know, like those little washers that go between screws and bolts. You know, that guy kicks mm-hmm. ass. There's nothing yeah, wrong yeah. with him. No, there isn't. So, and there's nothing wrong with the guy that, that turns cheese into, you know, more cheese. Is that what they do? I don't know how what, what a cheese business would be. I, I, thought what they, I think he gets higher two end cheese, cheese shop. No, I think he, what he started with two cheese cubes rubbed together and they came all over each other. And now he's got five cheese. Is that how it works? Some customer comes in, they're out of Swiss, and he just runs to Kroger or whatever. Like, or I, like just, I, I know it's like he's probably obviously selling the high, the fancy cheese. Like, aged. you see under the counter, you see him reaching for his hole punch. 
<laughs> just, what what if he, I could slip this? I'm going to take a craft single, see if I could slip this past him. They probably do a lot of wine tastings at this place, too. I mean, I think they merge those two things together. I know you're in the cigar industry, and you guys, when you hold events, there's probably liquor involved sometimes, right? Like, you yeah, pair it with... Yeah, a little scotch here, a little wine, a little, you know... Seven sarsaparilla. up. Yeah. You know, it, it turns out to be a fantastic... This is a little tip for you smokers out there. Yeah. You know what goes well with uh, cigars, ladies and gentlemen, is, is Yoohoo. It's delicious yeah. with, with cigars. Coats your palate. It's actually a delight. It's a big. Remember the movie Clockers Martin and the Scorsese. book Clockers. Yeah, Richard Price it wasn't Scorsese. It was he, well. He was going to direct it. He produced it. He produced it. Might have been a better movie had Scorsese done it. I don't think it's a terrible movie, but the book is fantastic. That Richard Keitel. Price. Yeah, it's like a huge cast. And um, who was in that movie anyway? That's so the one about that's the one about Flavor Flav, right? And Del Del, Del Lindo's in, I think. Anyway, so yeah, I think Keitel. Anyway, so. Um, that you you who was a huge part of that book because the main character had an ulcer, he had stomach problems, and he'd always drink vanilla yuhu. Had you ever have you ever had the vanilla version? I have not. How's that go with a, a cigar? I think there's a strawberry one too, but no, I, I think there I, is strawberry. Yeah, would never would never even think of trying it in general, or just the vanilla version, the vanilla version, or the strawberry version. I think I told the story before once that I, I was in Vegas. This is a Yoohoo link store. I was in Vegas and I stayed up all night with my buddy. And so we got breakfast inside the casino. There was like a stand that they were selling like breakfast stuff, like donuts and anything. So my friend got what he thought was a Yoohoo, like a chocolate milk with his donut. And he drank, he took a sip and spit it out. It was root beer milk. So it looked like, <laughs> it looked like chocolate milk. Those and words don't was, belong together. He was expecting chocolate milk, but instead it was root beer milk. Well, there's this whole thing now of, of stouts that are milk chocolate kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Know, Is that new? It's not too new, right? Not too new, but every, oh my god, my cats are yelling at each other. So this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a podcast laden with with ambient sounds. I got a fish tank. Fine. I got cat was chewing his food really loud a second on day. Just growled at each other. Professional uh, terrapin does their muhoo, and there's the milk chocolate stout from Young's. It's it's a it's a big hmm. business. You know, people want yeah. to create that Yuhu, that Yuhu buzz, you know, that people talk about. So Yuhu, is that is it a big thing now? I don't I don't is it are people still is it a, is it a huge moneymaker? Is that is, is it a force in the in the sweet drink industry? It's got to be. Nestle owns that shit, right? That's got to yeah, be I don't know. fraud. Yeah, anyway. Well, what else? What's going on in your in your in your life? You having some salad days? Things are good. That's, I know you're at the casino. Didn't do too great, you know. I'm not a shark. But yeah, I had an okay time there. I had I won I did win some money, but uh, you and I are gonna hit a casino at some point soon. I think. Yeah, I'm, what I'm doing is I've mailed a bunch of self-addressed stamped envelopes to the casino uh, that says Oyabon on it. <laughs> I want to just put the good vibes out there so that when we show up, they're in a mm -hmm. given mood. Because I don't want. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I may be the only one, but I, when I go to a casino, I want to come back with more money. <laughs> yeah, I think but, that maybe what we should do instead, if that's the case, is not go. Okay. Um, you and I don't traditionally have great luck. No. Um, you have better luck than I do typically. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, I don't know what that is, but we I pull our money. So it doesn't matter anymore. We, we play together like a cup, like an old married couple. Yeah. And they are my wins are your wins and my losses are certainly your losses as well. We are like an old married couple in a lot of ways, you know, Sure. I think a lot of listeners to this podcast would say, we know exactly why Justin has better luck, because he doesn't say things that are cruel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, th you, you think it's karma. I think Earth is, is just, you know, 
It's got it. It's got my page dog-eared. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's worth it though. You say memorable things. I not memorable I, uh, to where it means really anything in the universe, but certainly it it it, uh, it certainly does get that dog ear nice and tattered. You're quotable. You're more quotable, I'd say, than than myself. But that's okay. That changes tonight because we're talking about a big one. <laughs> talking about a huge one. Actually, <laughs> in in my life, it sort of is. I, that's interesting because you were giddy when you told me that this was uh, newly available to purchase or rent, um, rent and purchase. Right? Is this a? Please tell me you, you rented it. I did rent it, and I think later I realized I think I could have watched it on YouTube, but I did rent it. You bought you know, it. I rented it, but mm-hmm. it's a beautiful HD transfer, so I'm actually is, not. I don't hate that I did. That you wait. That you rented it. I don't hate that I got. I watched it. Through I you know Apple rather than YouTube I th- I just think it looked wonderful. So you knew that YouTube was an option. I didn't know that until I, I, I didn't. No, I didn't. I, YouTube to me doesn't count as watching a movie. I don't think even if you watch a movie on YouTube, it doesn't really count as watching a movie. That's how we watched No Escape on YouTube. I know, knew, and and actually looked pretty good. It did, but mm-hmm. I, I like it watching a movie on YouTube to like to being on a plane and watching the guy next to you screen doesn't really mm-hmm. count as watching the movie. And by the way, I do that on every ride. You, you you look at what people are watching over their shoulder and watch with them. I watch to the left and to the right. Just to, and it's funny. I was on a flight recently where every TV, every screen within eye shot mm-hmm. was watching that new Matrix movie. At various stages of the film, they were all watching that movie, and I was oh, like, wow. "Man, I hope this plane wrecks for their sake." <laughs> I, I mean, hit and miss that movie. I don't hate it. I, I enjoyed watching it, but I think a lot of people. We're probably expecting something a little different than they got. That's okay. I can see why, um, because there was one good movie so far. Out of the... <laughs> out of the... Now four. Yeah, that's all right. Look, Keanu and... It was good having those two back. Keanu and Carrie, Carrie Ann Moss. Did I hear... Together I heard, again. I heard a rumor that he might be playing a baddie in an upcoming movie, surprisingly. Excuse me? What are you talking about? They're doing a sequel to The Watcher? Didn't he play a serial killer in that? He did. He did. That was how he turned that Matrix fame into magic. Yeah. Right. I, I never watched that movie, but I did watch another episode movie. Episode oh, two oh four. That's gonna. That's gonna. I'm gonna say it up front. That's gonna be a tough set. The Watcher. There is no way there's anything in that movie that's worthwhile. Who's I'm gonna in tell it? You, I'm gonna, here's the thing. That movie is only as watchable as the female lead in it, whoever that may be. And you've never you've never seen it, right? No, but I do know that he uh, in the movie he does watch. I, I, I think in the trailer I mm. did notice that. Spoilers. And if I remember correctly, that was a disc that was packaged with a lot of like if you bought a DVD player, I think the Watcher was one that was oftentimes lumped in. Wasn't there a Dean Koontz uh, book called The Watcher as well? No, called the Watchers, and that featured Corey Heim. Yeah, Haim? the movie version was Corey Corey Heim, and I was so excited for that movie because I actually read the book, and the book was I thought pretty good. And then the movie was one of those like pretty cheaply done. Isn't there an alien element to it, or like a robot dog, or some kind it's of? It's like weird... an. Ex- I believe it's like an experimental like creature that gets loose and is somehow linked to Corey Haim's character. Sounds perfect. Like, he was all maybe he also came from the lab. I don't. I don't really know. But yeah, there's a lot of bloodshed in that. Okay, I... so the Watcher, female lead, James mm-hmm. Spader, Marissa Tomei. Oh, well, that's a plus. That's a plus column. James, James Spader and also plus. in it. Ernie Hudson. Spader's in it, huh? Yeah. Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Hudson. If there's anybody else. Joseph so Cora, first appearance, the guy that was in uh, Reacher. Good catch the guy that played Reacher? 
No, remember well in the in the in the first Tom Cruise movie, he's the guy that is uh, accused of being a shooter. Oh, this is one of those Joe Charbanic movies. I forgot about him. He's one of my favorites. What else did he do, old Charbanic? I'm guessing a lot of nothing. Yeah, he 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 decided to kind of calm it down a little bit after the Watcher. <laughs> did he? Did he decide to? Huh? Yeah, he did a lot of like he's done some like low grade TV and short films. Whenever somebody's done a lot of short films on their IMDb, it tells you that they're hugely in demand. He also has five projects in uh, upcoming, mm. but I'm just not sure if the rest of the people involved in those movies know that they're being. I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have you know, just being linked to Keanu Reeves is probably a good thing because Keanu's a nice guy, and maybe he at some point, maybe if he enjoyed working on that movie, he'd throw a bone to old John Trebonic or whatever his name is, right? Trebanic. Can't be bothered to know. Or Joe. I did I screw up his name that bad? Is it Joe Trebanic? He's already he's already drifted into my uh, ether at this point. JC man, is that? Do you think he's the most famous JC? He's rolling around in my neck right now. He's left the brain and is rolling around in my neck. No, yeah, definitely the most famous JC. So at the rise from the dead, just like another famous JC, Judith Christ. Yeah, Jack. Anyway, Nate, Nick Nolte's character in Forty Eight Hours. So Nick, what about you? Enough about you. Asked about me. What about you? How's your How's life? It's fine, man. I've been a traveling boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, some uh, work-related stuff, some really interesting meetings and whatnot, and just kind of doing things and learning things and helping decide things and all that. So it was, it was good. I feel like I've uh, done some good. Do you ever, when you're on the plane looking at people's films over their shoulders and what, do they ever turn around and look at you and kind of give you like a, is that the guy that zooms in? Is that Nick? Do they ever kind of recognize you and you're kind of, or you throw them a zoom, zoom across some seats? Like, no, I'm more lucky. attorney. Or attorney was in ER or whatever. No, or no, what radio. I actually wear a uh, I wear a disguise when I go on planes to avoid that kind of thing from happening. Yeah, you. Don't, I see. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I wear a hat and sunglasses. Um, I wear a that's... paper bag with the holes cut in the back. Yeah. We should like I was thinking about it again today. I I believe we should as this podcast accumulates more and more listeners. Let's be honest. We need to hit the road at some point, like an indie band. Mm-hmm. And take this show on the road, do live podcasts. You know, we'll just we'll go. Well, we don't even prepare. We'll call the audience. Go, guys, give us a movie, and they'll say it, and then we'll rent it and take a break for two hours, and then come back. Yeah, audience, sit tight. Hey, guys, let's we're gonna go watch this and zoom in, and then then we'll then we'll do our thing. What do you think? Can't wait. We should do it. So, you know, rent out an auditorium in Bend, Oregon, and say, "What's up, Bend?" <laughs> We're here, you know, like just throw it out yeah. there, start throwing like shooting, shooting shoes and t-shirts out of a cannon into the crowd. Mm-hmm. I'd wear a movie microscope t-shirt. I hope we make one someday just for you and I, myself, but we threatened to before. Well, we will at some point. Do podcasts have t-shirts? I know some do, yeah, but the, did the majority of podcasts, do they, they think of that kind of merch? Yes, they do. Because is, is there a cool, I, I mean, I've never seen one, I don't think. And is it ever going to be cool? Like there's no cool... Like, I think if someone's wearing like a cereal t-shirt. That's not cool, right? Like, or a WTF or maybe Joe Rogan sells a lot of t-shirts, but I've seen t-shirts with his stuff. I've seen, there's a, there's a podcast called your favorite band sucks. They do a lot of merch stuff. I think we'd transcend because I think people would be enjoying, they'd be enraptured wearing something that, you know, because we wouldn't, the thing I don't like about a lot of those guys is they make it all about them. Like the, their shirts are about them. Our shirt would be about something special. You know, maybe about Nocturnus or something. I mean, that's oh, that's an amazing that's an amazing coincidence. 
our friend Tom Nix, yes. a longtime Chud. I think he was on the boards, obviously, but he's a longtime listener to our podcasts. He actually made he he appeared on a wrestling show. I'm not I don't really know. He wasn't wrestling. He was in the audience, but it was televised or something maybe on the Internet. He made a Nocturnus sign to hold up. Did I send you the picture? No. All right. I'll send you the picture. I'm sorry. And he didn't get to hold it up because he only could hold up one sign. And and I think he held up like a pro science sign, which is great. But the fact that he made a Nocturnus sign and was going to, you know, hold it up at an event that's that makes him our number one fan you know so he said that he, he if he ever gets back on, i think he said if he gets back on i might be making this up that nocturnus he'll 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 spread the gospel now was it know. a picture of the porg and it said nocturnus on it he drew the porg and he drew nocturnus in big <laughs> big letters i have to send it to, i can't believe i didn't send it to you can I'm you so imagine sorry. the bewilderment of somebody in the in the crowd. What if somebody saw it like out of our three hundred listeners or whatever? Like somebody like in the audience, they they knew, like it was just a coincidence, you know. Another yeah. Nocturnus fan it blew yeah. the living fuck out of their mind. Yeah, that'd be so great. So anyway, thanks to Tom. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing he did. Like even though he, I think he held up the right sign. Like he and he and I think some people like spread the word on that that picture. I mean, let's be honest. It was just something that he had left over from January 6th. <laughs> I'm trying to find I, I guess I could send this picture to you later. But yeah. yeah pretty I, don't, cool. I don't think it's scintillating audio if, if you send me an email. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right. Let's get straight to it. Straight to it. It's too late to get straight to it. It's a movie microscope. It's a show where we zoom in. We punch lookers, pull a dick, spot the liar on the mountain, walk on the child side. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we rack up points in the stomach war we get ratcheted and match out comb our hair with desire serpent off when it's clean <laughs> play rummy all nautical style with our sailor friends watch a movie <laughs> with destroyed diseased sadness eyes and screamed eyes that burn through the heat resurrect in a cave just for the likes of it sure the likes of you see what makes or break so if we're talking about jimmy hollywood we would talk about the scene where christian slater drinks an entire bathtub of piss just to impress a bathtub filled with different piss. Talk about the little moments. We wouldn't talk about that scene? And I hope that's all we'd talk about. Jimmy Hollywood, I don't remember. It's a Christian Slater film? I hope I'm not mistaken. I mean, it sounds unmemorable, so it could be a Christian Slater film. He I, hasn't done too many memorable films. I have to disagree wholeheartedly. Big fan. Oh, I know that's a lie. I like Cuffs. You do like cops. Yeah, like, that's legitimate. Yeah. I mean, I like, uh, I like Murder in the First. Uh, I can interview the vampire. I yeah, like, these are huge Christian Slater films. You're right. Come on. Broken Arrow. <laughs> are you looking it up, please? Uh, yeah, he, he, Joe Pesci, Christian Slater, and Victoria Abril. Oh, remember her? I do. What else was she in? Mexico. She, I thought she was in some um, Almodovar films or something. Probably. Am I wrong? But yeah, but she, that was all. That was all building up towards one thing. She worked with the weird hair so she could work in Jimmy Hollywood. <laughs> Who has weird hair? Almodovar? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's got a dumbass hair. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just assumed. Just because she's um, Latin that she obviously works with him. I get it. I, I thought that I was right, but I... Oh, no, no. She was in Tommy Up, Tommy Down. I was, I was totally right. She's kind of a cutie, if I remember correctly. But, you know, so is Christian Slater. And honestly, so is Joe Pesci. Three cuties in that film. Yeah. I think Pesci plays the aforementioned Jimmy Hollywood in that. That's probably, it's probably correct. It's Something best known that. for having 
at Brill and best known for the scene where he drinks an entire bathtub of piss. <laughs> What's your relationship with today's feature, Electric Dreams? I don't have much of a relationship. I don't think I've ever seen this film. I remember it, and I don't think I ever just caught up with it. I, I felt like it was, and I might be wrong, was it advertised to be a little bit more erotic than it than this movie ends up being? Did they kind of make it seem like a sexier film than it is, or did I make that up in my mind? I hope I hope they did, but I don't remember that. I, I mean, the poster features a computer that is... Um, Devilish? You know, yeah, there's drawn has like devil horns and stuff like drawn on devil horns in it. So it feels like, you know, there's going to be some kind of, you know, shenanigans in this, some hijinks. And at the time, you're thinking hijinks in, in a body way. But he's just, this guy's just creating havoc of the like electrifying doorknobs type shit. You know, like he's, he, he's just making his um, owner's life miserable with clutter. And the security systems on the fritz, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't have much of a relationship. I just knew, I knew exactly what this movie was when you wanted to do it. I just never saw it, I don't think. How about you? It was a cable staple back then. It wasn't a good movie. Men, I didn't like it, but Mm -hmm. it was on all the time and it was so slow. I felt like it was so dreadfully boring. But there was this sort of calming effect that it had on me. It was, it was sort of like a, like a comfortable blanket. Well, there's a sweetness to this movie, I think. And um, one thing I will say when I mentioned to my wife that we were doing this movie, she has seen this movie a lot and she recalls it quite fondly. Like you, it was a cable staple and she was watching it a lot, but she likes it. She actually, she didn't think it was like she, she enjoyed it. She thought that the, the lead, she says your, your boy was very handsome, but also just kind of boring. That sums him up kind of, I think. Blasphemy. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. He is electric. He electric is electric dreams. Did sin- we even mention the movie? Did you even mention what we're doing? Did you say electric dreams yet? I mean, they clicked on it, right? <laughs> nineteen eight nineteen eighty four is electric dreams. And our robot girl said the name, so yeah, we're good. Oh, okay, never mind. It's Who's so, directed by so eighties. It is, but you know what? It is eighties. However, this movie surprisingly has a little bit of flourish to it it's kind of it's kind of shot well it looks like you said the train it looks nice it, it doesn't necessarily feel like an 80s movie to me other than the music obviously dates it big time directed by joe charbanic <laughs> steve Barron. steve Barron's still kicking he's still out there he's ha- he's still handing it out how is his COVID? do you think it's pretty solid think so still working wonder if he is uh, the january 6th thing insurrection no, I don't think so. He's too, he looks badass. I don't think a guy who is known for working with Culture Club is going <laughs> to... You never know. These people turn on a dime these days. Punches they get wave. hooked. They get hooked. Like there's a... I remember a Mo, Mo Tucker from the Velvet Underground I was sad to see like was part of the Tea Party at one point. I think. I, maybe that was a rumor, but you know, you, that's the Velvet Underground member. Well, the, she can go. The you know, tea, so I, nobody's mentioned the tea party in like fifteen years. I just did it, brother. I'm just recalling. Sometimes, like when you start out with the best intentions, you get sucked into some kind of conspiracy or groupthink. So who knows what Steve Barron thinks these days? He could be the ultimate douche. That's a hotly contested title. I think if he found something that spoke to him in that um, in that culture. Maybe he's thrilled. You know, maybe he's found it. He's like, uh, I, I direct Electric Dreams, and now here I am sitting with you in an in a abandoned church 
shoving roofies into each other. <laughs> just, just like, do you think he still tells these? He, he has to. This had to be a huge moment in his life, and I put myself in his shoes. I would be talking about electric dreams forever. I would be serving up anecdotes about Virginia Madsen, Len, Lenny Van Duen. How do you say his name? Lenny Van Dolan. And, Lenny Van Dolan. And, uh, you know, Steve Bud Barrett. Court. Yeah, Virginia Madsen, Maxwell Caulfield. Yeah, we know who's in it. Everyone knows. So here's another thing, though. Virginia Madsen, this, Madsen, this was early on in her career. Like, this is, she's a baby in this. She had to be, like, 22 or something. Mm-hmm. And she's been around for a long time. And it, always good, I think. A concussive Zoom. <laughs> I just like her. I always liked her. You know, in this, obviously, she's just kind of the prize, right? That's what she gets to play. She gets to play the neighbor. They give her some stuff to do, but she's there to kind of fall in love with the main character for zero reason. They sort of make like, there's no reason. They sort of make him the prize. Like she's I guess they do. It's just that uh, he's uh, not the prize. You she's know? an accomplished musician who mm-hmm. doesn't let Maxwell Caulfield, the beautiful Maxwell Caulfield, take advantage of her. Yeah, he sets the sights early on. She's a single lady in San Francisco making it happen in a very mm-hmm. tough tough town. And she's yeah. charmed by a super nerd. Well, she's accomplished, but he's accomplished in his own way because Nick he's a he's a guy that is he's an architect, but his dream is he's working on the perfect brick. You heard it right. His goal in life is to create a sturdier, perfect brick. Even Ryan Johnson didn't have that goal. <laughs> that is incredible, by the way, that they that they went with that. They're like, you know what? This will be related. This is kind of similar to, let me zoom in. The Graduate. Sing, is Campbell Scott in singles when he's trying to create... Um, the, like that monorail, monorail in Seattle, or I think that's what he's doing. Something like that. Do you remember? That's his dream. And then whenever it it dies, he he completely loses his mind mm-hmm. um, and and dives into a deep depression. We we catch our main character in the midst of his dream creation. He's still he, got hope, but he does get to monorail Bridget Fonda, does he not? He does not. He ends up with he he tries to kiss Bridget Fonda at one point but they're just friends he he tries to kiss her in the moment of his desperation but he's really in love with Kira Sedgwick Kira Sedgwick yeah. mm-hmm. do you not remember singles i haven't seen that since maybe the theater let me give you a little thrill here ah waiting on somebody ah or how about uh, the other Paul Westbrook song from that, yeah, Dyslexic but, Heart. Okay, that's fine, but there's there's bands that I like that also have music in that too. So yeah, it's a good soundtrack. But I mean, you got Alice Chains, you got you know Chris Cornell, you got you know those guys. Mm-hmm. They certainly do. They, they got a lot of Seattle music musicians in there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to this movie. What's the premise? Let, yeah, let's go a few hours south to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, what'd you say? Something great. I asked you to explain the premise of this bad boy. So Lenny Von Dolan. Of Twin Peaks fame, by the way. He was on a few episodes of uh, Twin Peaks season one. He played a very strange character. In of Twin Peaks barely remembered. Don't say fame. Like if of Twin he appeared in Twin Peaks, you forget. He died. But you forget he like if I were to say, remember that guy from Twin Peaks, Lenny Von Dolan is seventy eight. He is 
he is most known from that. There's no way he's most known from anything else. Like he, he's not. He's more known from Twin Peaks than this. You know what he's There's most. You know what he's most known for from me at this point. After hmm. after reading, doing some research about this movie. Yeah. Not being a closer. What happened? Virginia Madsen was in love with him on the set of this movie. You fuck you. This is a joke, or no, you actually this is a real zoom. She was in love with him, and they never made it count. And I just got to say, Lenny. How do you not close that? LVD is Lenny. Maybe is he is he uh, is he a heterosexual actor? Yes. I mean, a, a, a man. He is. I mean, well, you know, maybe was he much older than Virginia Mads? No, everything, all the pieces fit. There was like the perfect brick. It was uh, talk about the perfect brick. I mean, he totally. Yeah, he, he it should have been a swish. He threw a brick up there. Yeah, yeah. He's he's been married. He's got a child. That silver yeah. fox cannot make. It maybe happen. he was at that point. He was he was maybe in a relationship and he couldn't. You know, nope. he's like, sorry, v-, v Mads, I can't, I can't make this happen. I, I already love somebody. To the she says something to the effect of she was crushing on him and he was crushing on her, and never they never they never crushed. Hmm. So so there was they both had feelings, but Lenny just like the character, do it, just huh? like his character in the movie, he got it. He lacked he lacked confidence. It ever happened to you where you 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 had like a crush on somebody and then you later found they had a crush on you and it, it just never materialized. Yeah. With, yeah. Also with Lenny Van Dalen, but mm. we did crush. I mean, yeah, you hear about that, but, but I think a lot of the times people just say that to make you feel good on your deathbed. By yeah. the way, you could have totally slipped it out. And I'm like limping around in the, in my graveyard, you know? Well, it seems like that's a, a lot of, ro- I don't know. Let me zoom in. A lot of romances happen on a movie set between actors. Let me zoom in. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, uh, stuck in, in private, mm-hmm. you know, your dicks are falling out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe they, maybe just like in the movie, you know, Bud Cork got in the way. Right. Maybe he kept tripping everybody up when they were trying to get some alone time. So, you know? Oh, we never did go into the plot, did we? So no. he plays an engineer who in, in San Francisco. I think, it's an, I think he's an architect. Uh, Am I, I right? I did say I did. Yeah, he's an archetype, and he um, works for a firm. He's not happy, but he moonlights working on this perfect brick that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, and why is he working on this brick? What's his main goal? Well, because the earthquakes in San Francisco have a way of you know ruining people's lives. You know, mm-hmm. tearing buildings down, making everybody all sad. And this movie was filmed probably around the same time of the San Francisco earthquake that you know, cause some damages. So I get it. Yeah. And he, uh, he's, uh, he's kind of a sad sack. He's looking for companionship and he finds it in the, he's form- not even looking really for companionship. I think he's just distracted by his, his dream of, 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 of saving people's lives and improving the earth. Like he doesn't even, he's always late to work. He has obviously has a job. Like you said, he doesn't like, I don't think he's necessarily, um, has time for a, a lady. You know, he's not thinking about it when he meets uh, his neighbor. Do you remember the scene where he's at the computer shop and says, I'm looking for companionship? But he, no, he, but isn't he looking for, I thought, what are you talking about? Why does he say that to, to try to cover my ass, man? <laughs> 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 trying to sneak on through. I'm not trying to challenge you that much. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like, I, why am I talking about so much? Look, he, it, like he just seems like a loveless nerd. He certainly does seem like a nerd. He wears a bow tie to work. He's, you know, that's he's not super cool. nerdy. He's very awkward, but he's got those mm. beautiful blue eyes. He does. He's got a beautiful face. Like let's. He's gift. He's a. He's been gifted with the handsome gene, and just like so is V Mads. 
couple of lookers in this film and Bud Court. Let's make it three. <laughs> I mean, he has the gift of sight. You're right. Bud Court can look. Um, Bud Court of Harold and Maude fame. Yeah. Zoom in. Yeah. yeah. Great, great performance in that movie. I, I love that movie. I haven't seen it for a long time. A little Cat Stevens soundtrack. That's not his name um, anymore. I know. It's uh, Yusuf. Am I wrong? I thought it was Meow Steve. <laughs> is it? Yusuf Islam, I think. I think that's how it, that's his whole name now, or his name. But remember, for a while, he wouldn't even sing the old Cat Stevens songs. He he He's like, that's not me anymore. And then he realized, I'm broke as fuck. So <laughs> he, that he, is me. Yeah, he learned that. The- is- he learned the term refund in every language. <laughs> you just call me Yusuf Cat Stevens Islam. That's me. See me on tour. No, I look, I was a big Cat Stevens fan back in high school. I, I loved his I loved his shit. I still like his songs. I like his songs too. His singing style is unique. It's almost like singing without closing your mouth ever, but it's good. He always has like all his songs like build and build and build. Like they're always getting like louder and you know building towards something. And look, let's just let's just give a round of applause to that Zoom and let's move on. <laughs> so we're getting back to the plot of this film. We talked about a nerd, and then what happens to this nerd? He is uh, he's he's not shopping. He's not in the market for a computer, but he is Mm-mm. he is talked into one by the sales clerk. Oh, his, his coworker shows him uh, a cool, like, handheld computer device that he says, you got to, because he's always getting late to work. He's always late to work. He's like, you need to get one of these. It'll wake you up. It'll, it'll, you know, keep your calendar. And so he begrudgingly goes to the computer store and they're out of this handheld device. But the salesperson, this very nice saleswoman, super nice. Like, let's just be honest. Let me zoom in. Yeah. What a nicey. Yeah. Um, talks him into a, uh, a big computer, you, which she drops, are more quotable, <laughs> which she drops and then gives him it for a uh, cost. Yeah. Now, does this take place in an, uh, some sort of alternate future? Why? The computer the, at, the, break? at the beginning of the movie, he is buying tickets on this digital terminal for a plane and flying around. It just seems the opening, the opening of the film features this montage kind of of all these electronic things happening around him at the airport. Here's the big question: Is this movie sci-fi? Let's 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 let's, let's argue this. You it, take the pro, I'll take the con. You know, we'll see where it comes out. It's sort of like a little Black Mirror episode in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a it's a sweet version of a Black Mirror episode. But it's, it, it feels futuristic in the way that he's ordering tickets on a device. I mean, I've I was alive during this this movie's. Mm-hmm period they, that wasn't available you couldn't do that are you sure because some of the stuff i thought was made up like some of the devices he puts on his to make his home electronics work they said actually were devices back then some of them were most definitely not and even though almost everything that they pre-imagine in this movie has come to life in, in mm-hmm. our modern world there's one thing that hasn't yet come to fruition what he's a closer He's still not a closer. He still can't. Speaking of Kara Sedgwick, by the way, um, best that's known, right. best known for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, his and a cellist moves in uh, next door or above him in his his little apartment, and uh, she's hot. Let's yeah. just say it. She's a beauty. 
and he, he it catches his eyes. Like, is some is there somebody cute, like a, a pretty person moving next to me? You can almost smell her. She looks so bouncy and fresh in this thing. And she's got wonderful hair, and she's got talent. Like she's a she's in a uh, orchestra, and she plays the cello. And she has a a weird scene when they're moving her in, where the the guy's trying to move in her cello. She takes it from him, opens it up, and then puts her kind of face down, like on a bench, and like and she talks to the cello. And she said it, she, or she listens to it. It talks to her. She says um, she has a very like close relationship with this cello. And you later find out. This is her childhood cello. They grew up together. Also, uh, one of the casualties in this movie. Yeah, it doesn't make it. It dies. Yeah, it gets killed. It gets its neck, neck broken, snapped by Oliver. It gets killed brutally. So uh, she tearfully tells it to Lenny, uh, his whose character's name is Miles in this. She tells him, and he's like, it's just a piece of wood. And she is horrified, but of, still falls in love with him. Not way. unlike the beautiful Demi Moore falling in love with Emilio Estevez, who was kind of a little car crash of a boy also killed by an elevator and mission impossible you're right yeah in a so, very brutal way his face got caved in by a, a sharp sharp something it was did they i never really understood his death it, in that one i think it would be wonderful if that character did not die and he was integral to all the subsequent movies came <laughs> back McCoy brought him back can you imagine tom cruise having to uh carry emilio estevez around and you know in feature films I will say that's a pretty amazing sequence because they definitely do a good job of making his team kind of memorable in like 10 minutes to Palma and then dispatching them. And you feel bad. Like you're like, fuck, he had a good team. I like these guys. I, um, I don't remember. I remember, I remember him. Yeah. It's uh, what's her face from the Chris, patient. Chris, Chris and Scott Thomas. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Bear. Who lives? She's later. She's Jean, she, she's later. Jean Renault. She he lives. He's got a couple other members. I don't remember. He doesn't always live. John Renault. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, they theoretically kill off John Voight, but obviously, there's some. Is there somebody else that? Because this is pre-Ving Rains, right? I mean, Henry Zerny up in this, but he's not on the team. And he's not. He's one of the greats. Yeah. That's the they're you know they're bringing him back for the the this Macquarie brought him back. Zerny also does all his own stunts. Who does? Zerny. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what would be funny is if he were to marry, have a same-sex marriage, because I'd love to see MC Zerny. You know, like if they were to call it call it yeah. sweet. I made a joke uh, on our old show where I said his son got into acting. Don't you remember Ernie Zerny? <laughs> Don't you know him? Right. I always, I always think of that. Like, is is that, is maybe that, is that the best thing I've ever said? It's up there. Probably. So. Anyways, the plot. The, co- the, the every it's okay. You made a joke about it being like Cyrano de Bergerac, which is exactly what it's based on. This computer comes to life, sort of, and 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 it it, it accumulates intelligence, starts talking, communicating with Miles, its owner, and it's already built to be smart, but it gets smarter and smarter, and you know, eventually they start kind of competing for the attention of uh, Virginia Madsen. Like he, the computer does a bunch of stuff that then, you know, Miles takes credit for kind of begrudgingly. He doesn't like he, it produces music, which intrigues, you know, uh, Virginia Madsen. And, and she thinks it's Miles doing it. Anyway, the computer eventually gets fed up that he's not getting credit for all these, uh, 
these these kind of love messages and 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 takes a stand so to speak as the relationship between miles and the computer are, is falling apart did i did i kill it yes i think i think i did everybody knows what's gonna happen the devil's in the details of the movie like this you know it's the 80s you have a music video director there are mm. three extended music video sequences in this movie it almost feels like half musical in a way it does it's it some of the sequences are they, they felt really long but at the same time I think that maybe is kind of what makes this movie stand out in a way. It's it feels different. It plot is all weird and it's not very memorable. But there's sequences in this, and obviously the way the director shoots it, I think makes it kind of stick out. Yeah, this um, this should way. be a cult hit. This should be a movie that people love. If you think about yeah, because it's that, it's also kind of a nice movie. I think there are some some weird aspects to it, but it's mostly kind of a sweet movie. Yeah, but it's really there's some style some stylism that's really nice. It's aged sure is. very well visually, and mm-hmm. there's, and there is there's there's a some connective tissue to her and to uh, there's a there's a variety of stories that are modern that sort of have a similar idea right. to them. And Virginia Madsen, I was telling you this on the phone. Virginia Madsen got the rights to this movie and wanted to do a remake, <laughs> and when she had her newfound cachet from Sideways, and this was the this was the hill she died on. She bought the rights, yeah. And it didn't go oh, well, she, and so so she's like, I guess I'll be in that firewall movie now to help pay the rent. Cover that's right. We've done a Virginia Madsen. Movie. I got one question to ask when she, I would oppose to her to, to anybody that knew her when she bought the rights to this Virginia Virginia Madsen. Crazy. What is she thinking? We're gonna Quotable. go. We'll go into details. Quotable. <laughs> we'll go, Quotable. We'll go into details about the movie soon, but I got to tell you a couple of things. Rusty Lamarande. The, the writer. Yeah. You know what he's famous for? Electric. Oh, he, he, he wrote uh, Captain EO. He is also responsible for the gopher puppet in Caddyshack. Is he really? Yeah, that's his. That was not in the script. And he, why, what, what was his, he, he didn't write Caddyshack, obviously. He was he involved was. in it somehow, and it was his idea to do that, and obviously it became big part. Huge, yeah. Also, can I zoom in? I hate that stuff in that movie. I hate it. You're wrong. It's great. I hate it. Because it's all Bill Murray stuff, and it's, that stuff's great. I don't know how you could hate it. Caddyshack is perfect. So. I, I don't like that movie. No, well, you're wrong. I'm, I'm wrong for not liking it on my own? Yes. In my own head? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Oh, it's, you are. I learned something. I mean, that's Doug Kenny wrote it, I think, right? Didn't he? I'll tell you some more Blake stuff. Great. I'll tell you some more cool stuff. Richard Branson produced this. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Well, that's how he got. That's how he got his billions. <laughs> no, the funny thing is, he had, you know, Virgin Pictures made about I don't know nine films. Yeah, this one was not a hit. The flagship? No, yeah, obviously. His biggest hit was the movie 1984 with uh, John Hurt. Are you? That was his biggest hit. And it did. It made three million dollars over its budget. Did Did Electric Dreams? It, it was not a hit, huh? No, I just said his biggest hit was kind of a failure. Well, I just I didn't know that I did I just assumed this was this made a little bit of money. I, I don't know why because it was maybe because it was so known, and I always just assumed that meant, meant that it made a, a, some cash at the box office. I think but. it was known because we saw it's you know at the video store you'd see its box, mm-hmm. and you and it was on cable all the time. But I think I, right, I think we're too young to realize that because we saw its box all the time meant it wasn't being rented. Because it, it was it was a part of the '80s that was there that nobody really 
gave time. But there's another thing I unearthed in my research for this thing. It's It's been stated that Lenny Van Dolan delivers what you would call a listless performance in this movie. Would you agree? I do agree with that, yes. Look, maybe that's just his style of acting, but he at one point... I mean, I, I try to imitate him a little bit while I was watching it. I'll try. I'll go for it later. But the, the, he does have a very like ever like kind of like me on the podcast. You just say every word with pauses. And that's how he talks the whole movie, you know. So what what was your zoom on that? You just no. So Lenny Van Dolan, and, and that's how he is in Twin Peaks too. Yes, mm-hmm. and he was in another movie that we did. Uh, it was a thriller. He has a not us. Yeah. He's in one of the movies we've done already, and he has a small role in. Um, Are you serious? Yeah. I don't remember that. The Irishman? No, I wish. Scorsese desires him, of course. Um, he turned it down. The role they gave to De Niro. I don't think we've done a movie with him in it. Oh, you know, it may have been a movie I watched recently. Never mind. Maybe Jennifer 8. He's in Jennifer 8, really? Yeah. That's right, because I watched that. We were going to do an episode. I wanted to do that in the podcast. I ended up just watching it. Uh, I, would, I would watch it with you. So Lenny Van Dolan, and he's listless in that as well. And in my research, I, I discovered the unthinkable. The boy has played Hamlet. <laughs> the listless Hamlet. Can you imagine so, getting your playbill and open it up to the table of contents and seeing fucking Lenny Van Dolan as Hamlet himself, the bard, the bard himself, shit and pants. Like your weight, you're on you're on your edge, edge of your seat as he launches into B or not, and then you're like, is this this is a long monologue? Is he gonna is he really gonna do this? It's like a five hour production. Ophelia kills herself in the first act. She's <laughs> like, I'm out, and the audience is like, Ophelia. <laughs> so, but I have to say, we're we're ripping them a little bit, not. A unlikable presence in this film. I think his character, like, yeah, I think a lot of the movies we've done recently, some of the characters are a little hard to root for. Like, I didn't have a pro, like, he's not, disp- like, I kind of enjoy his character, even though he does a little bit of, um, he does some goofy shit. He's just awkward and it's kind of appealing to me. I don't, I don't mind him. You, you have, you have a soft spot for him too. I have a hard spot for him. <laughs> I want to like. I believe that he's on Instagram and he has two posts. I think he. I think he checked in and out. I'm gonna go follow him anyway. I'm gonna give him a little encouragement. He's from Georgia. He's from Augusta. That's not really Georgia. Yeah, different world, that place. So some little moments that I I want to speak about. I got one. Let's. Okay, I'll let you go first. Well, did you see his cereal? He had a cereal, couple cereals, uh, and one of them at the forefront. There's some, so in the, in the back, in the background was Apple Jacks, which is a cereal I forgot about and enjoy. Love. And then, okay, uh, wait, wait, can, f- can we zoom in? Yeah, we know the secret, right? What? Those little, those little, those little bumps on the Apple Jacks, those little bumps of flavor that are sometimes grafted to the side, those little pim- yeah. pimples of sweetness. <laughs> That's the secret, right? You lick those pimples, like that pimple of sweetness. You can feel it on your tongue. You know it's magic. <laughs> Am I lying? It's like, I'm waiting for the actual secret, but you're just giving me like the, the why it's so great. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's thanks. And they, and the, the the color choice is also a very appealing to me. It's and like the it's you know I didn't know green that I didn't know green could be this good. Green and, and and a kind of a muted orange. You know, like I'm in. You got me, guys. Well, no, the thing is too. 
let's say you're it, col- it, you're colorblind. The most beautiful cereal, it's in the running. Well, you I know? mean, you know what? It's like a cheer. It's like a Cheerio in sexy clothes. <laughs> it's been said. <laughs> Cheerio it's on been Friday. Said often. It's a Cheerio on Friday night. It's got its pumps on. You know, it's little green pimple sweets. It's a yeah. night Cheerio. Yeah. yeah, of course. So it's a yeah, of course. You, but, by like, the way, anyway. that's that's mm-hmm. that's Reese's character's name in the Watcher. <laughs> Yeah, Reeves was. The interview with him lately is like, I'm resurrecting all my old characters, even the Night Cheerio. Um, (laughs) Can't wait to see what he's up to. So, what's the other? What's the other cereal? It's called, and I don't know if this is real. I guess we should zoom in, but it's called powdered donut cereal. And I wonder if that was an actual cereal. They did they make up a cereal for this movie? Let me answer your question from earlier. This is science fiction. (laughs) <laughs> um I, I feel like that's it's bad enough that it may be real powdered donut cereal I'll look it up it says yeah i think it is a, it's real and it's don't powdered donuts with a z cereal oh, no there should be some there should be some punishment for people that do that with words add that z on a product and their mascot was uh were don't like donuts a group of donuts zoom in so he, he had like i was saying he might have been kind of a bland dude, but he his cereal tastes. It's party time. Yeah. You know, he went wild in the grocery aisle. There's a scene where they're in the grocery store together. Yeah, they they have a meet cue. They bump into he bumps into her cart and spills stuff into her cart. Well yeah, and she says the most erotic line in the film. What? Why don't you keep your packages with mine? It's, it's super, super sexy. For sure. I mean how does he not close? <laughs> So meanwhile, he's he like a nerd. He's wiring his old apartment, you know, getting it all computerized, and then he just it just fucks him over because the computer keeps like locking him out and in, and it, you know messes with his electric toothbrush when it's in his mouth. Like he just, I love, I love how how what's the computer's name? Edgar. It's yeah, it reveals his name as Edgar at the end. I mm-hmm. love how much of a douche he is, and how smart he is about getting his fingers into everything. Using the he phone, making calls, like doing debauchery. Yeah, he definitely. Uh, the reason this what kicks everything off is that she is practicing her cello upstairs, and then Edgar, the computer, starts to kind of mimic her sounds with the digital, like some little digital flavor. He adds, he adds some beats, he adds some uh, notes, and then they start playing together. And she's kind of like, obviously, thinks it's uh, it's Miles. You know, that's what kicks off this relationship, you know, cause then late later miles is able to just go on a date from that interaction with her. She's intrigued and she's asking him about his music and his, you know, where he, and he, he doesn't ever answer her. He's like, no. So she takes it as like, Oh, he's too embarrassed and he's secretive about his talent. And even mm-hmm. then it's basically an eight bit version of the exact song she was playing. I don't, yep. I don't know how one would be impressed. It's not impressive. It's basically a single note reproduction of exactly what she's playing. But I think the the film is really tied up in its one joke because he types his name wrong when he's setting up the computer. Yeah, and he he does it moles. It's kind of like an idiocracy joke. He types moles, and so for the entire film, the computer is calling him moles. I know. Well, not the entire film. At the end, he calls him Miles. A little little tip of the hat, a little nod of respect. Yeah. You know? There's a there's a and during that dueling like banjos, cellos, whatever's happening scene, there's a shot of a goldfish mm-hmm. that looks upset well, to be well, included in such a scene. No, it's, it looks upset because 
it's in a tank with nothing. It is, yeah. There's a scene right. where, where they're they're carrying they're the movers are you know they they take the goldfish in the house and she wants them to put it something mm-hmm. in the perfect location in her apartment for the goldfish. And then you right. look and it is literally a ten gallon tank with a fish in it. No decorations, no filter, nowhere to hide, no little no lights. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Edgar's putting on a huge show in that in that apartment all the time, so that it is getting a kind of front row seat to this mayhem, at least. You know, it's sort of animal abuse, though. You like to see where the, where the dog gets in the house? Not, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, because he's the computer's mimicking barking sounds it hears in the dog, intrigues the dog, and it comes in, mm-hmm. and then gets frightened, right, and runs away. Well, and he lies to Virginia Madsen. I've got oh, yeah. That's, she says, well, she doesn't lie to her. He says, do you have a dog? And he goes, no. I, he says it's, he says to her, because he's not lying. He doesn't have a dog. And, and he said it's the, but he does lie in that he says it's the neighbors. He heard the barking through the wall. And she says, does it also pee through the wall? And she points to a puddle of pee, which Christian Slater immediately jumps on to the scene and licks up. Right. Much to the chagrin yeah. of the other pile of pee in the room. Um. They, they they make a point to show Virginia Madsen always eating, by the way. She's always snacking on stuff. And in the grocery store, she uh, had opened, she's getting some ginger snaps and she opens a box and she's eating them as they, as, do you ever do that? Do you ever go shopping and just rip something up you're going to buy and start eating that it? That is one of my biggest pet peeves in my life. You hate it, huh? When I, yeah. when I see somebody pop a grape in their mouth in the, in the vegetable, yeah. in the fruit aisle or when... I used to have a, I had a friend who would notoriously would be you know in a sh- having a shopping cart and he'd be snacking on shit he hasn't bought yet and it would drive buy it though eventually yeah but it drives me insane yeah. you take a bunch of open packages up to the um to the cashier it's kind of weird yeah I think it'd be great you just put a bunch of empty wrappers on the conveyor belt scan these eaten things for me I, I see that you know some people will take a couple grapes or something and eat them but I, I, do, man? I, I when my father passed I, I went over I cremated him <laughs> <laughs> and then and then left my card at the counter on my way out <laughs> what I'm saying is pay for the services first you know right <laughs> you did it <laughs> that's your yeah yeah <laughs> I was picturing you in the grocery store doing this, so I was I was a loop. I was all, I was yeah. Lenny von Dol- Dolan given Norman Bates vibes at the beginning of this movie a little bit. I thought because oh, um, the powdered donut cereal, <laughs> just because he's he's so awkward and and Virginia Madsen isn't like she seems so kind of full of life, and he obviously seems so Lightless. you know within his shell. You know he does she does bring him kind of out of his shell a little bit in this movie. By the time that she professes her love to him, though, it's not enough time has passed. There's no no reason that she should be. She starts espousing all these things about him that aren't present in the movie. There are a lot of unconvincing love stories in film. It's it's one of the staples uh, a lot of the Mm -hmm. time. Then again, there's a lot of them in life. So I guess it's just a matter of people need people. And but there's nothing in this movie that makes you feel like there's any reason she would want to be with this guy other than the fact he lives in the same building. And there's this cute so, little, this this back and forth with them, right? Um, where what, what if we don't like each other? And it says one of us will move. And then what if we do like each other? One of us will move. See? Yeah, like so sweet. sweet yeah. yeah. And then they and, get down to Bone Town. You know what I'm saying? And then she's and then she says, "If I move in, will you at least nail it? Because you're not a closer." 
you've got here's the inter- here's the interesting thing about this movie. I'm gonna zoom in. This bitch, Lenny Van Dolan, <laughs> is klutzy with the computer. A lot. He's so klutzy with this thing. He's like tripping over wires and falling into this computer all the time. Like he's always he spills champagne in it. Like he it's like I guess that they decided that it's tough to have like a static antagonist mm-hmm. that they're going to have to have all these interactions, these physical interactions, like Charlie Chaplin esque interactions with like keyboards and monitors. He's tripping on mouse pads, like a banana peels. Like it's like everything they can think of. Like he's racking himself on the chair, you know, like yeah. it's just like, it's too much. It's too much like self-created mayhem. He performs cunning linguists on the tiki. <laughs> The way that the way that he when they spill when he spills the champagne on the on the there is this I've never seen Steve Barron be more excited about a filming moment because you're inside right. the keyboard in slow motion watching the cascading booze over the circuit. It's not even the keyboard. I feel like it's the it's like the the chat um, the unit the CPU the unit. Yeah, and it, it really is like a slow motion like weird shot. Like it's kind of pretty. No, I'm saying um, he he fetishizes yeah. the computer more than he does Virginia Madsen in this movie. So there's a scene when she gives uh, this this guy tickets to her symphony. Like she's gonna, they're gonna have you know play in front of people and have a little um, you know concert. And she gives him some tickets. He shows up, and it reminded me whenever I whenever I see an orchestra when I go to a symphony, I immediately start to doze off. Because it's so comfortable, like in there, mm-hmm. the music is so pretty and it's kind of warm. And then I start to nod off. Swap and swap nod with beat, and I'm with you. <laughs> so, Lenny has a different problem because he brought his pager or Miles, and the computer starts to somehow play along with the concert through this pager, embarrassing Miles. And then there's a theme, the kind of a recurring thing that happens in this movie is old people being cranky at the main character. And there's a line and, that one of the women says that is a line that doesn't exist in America or the real world that happens mm. in movies and books. Must you? Well, I never. She says that, but she also says must you whenever his pager starts to do it, which I thought was a cute thing to say. Um, and she, I wrote, but she says, well, I never. Yeah, fair enough. Well, the I, audience starts to turn on him because it keeps going on, and he has to eventually flush that page down the toilet. But who? And by the way, the toilet bubbles—it's uh, the cutest, yeah. And you can hear so, but, but, but. No, I just thought it was cute. One thing, like when you said the bubbles appear on the monitor as it's being flushed, like a lot of times, you know, they're trying to make this computer actually have a personality, and they do a lot of graphic things on. The, you know, stuff that you could do and stuff that you can't, you couldn't at the time. You know, there's some really pretty things that happen on the screen. They even, I think Miles at one point even traces something against the monitor. Like it's like he, a touch he's screen. Draw, he's drawing the puzzle piece. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like that, that definitely wasn't a thing back then. So um, sci-fi, I think is what we're seeing. Well, well, during that performance, when his, when his pager is mm-hmm. doing shit, there's only one person who's not, mad about it virginia she's manson she's smiling he is fucking with her career and she's like i think her name is madeline by the way in this i don't think we said her name zoom in yeah he is he is messing with her career but she's she's like intrigued like she's kind of she likes this interference nick he doesn't like a little digital spice in their life you know yeah She's she's like he's naughty. I can't wait to see how crazy he is in the bedroom. 
Did you hear that Madsen, by the way, she was uh, when she bought the rights, she also wanted them to release the director's the director's cut of this. She said that they had cut a lot out to get the reduce the time. She felt it really like affected her character or her her, her scenes and stuff. Because you know, they said she said that most of the movie spent with him in the computer, but she had like a lot of scenes that she couldn't regretted were left on the cutting room floor. So, so she was like she started a campaign on Twitter to restore the cyber cut. And uh, I thought it's pretty good. It's quotable. It's pretty good. Super quotable, yeah. I think. Restore the cyber cut. By the way, they should know what kind of Ezra. They should know Ezra Miller in this. She should know. They showed her two favorite serials and they cut it out. Yeah, Ezra Miller is doing great in Hawaii right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's obviously either got a huge drug problem or he's got some. He's mentally unstable. I hope he gets some help, but he seems like he should be in jail. It's attacking people. I mean, he's, but, man. he's it's self-defense. Is it? Yeah. It, Whenever something like this happens, it infuriates me because I just want their movies to come out unmolested. I want the movies to come out and then for them to go away. But I want the movie to come out unmolested. You were excited about the Flash movie, huh? Yeah, sure. Why not? But then at the same time, I don't want to ever see those cheekbones again. So I'm in a weird, I'm in a weird spot. Well, I think you might get your second wish here. <laughs> I don't know. Meanwhile, meanwhile Army Hammer is is in unnecessary seclusion right mm. now. Freaking blacklisted. Unnecessary, huh? Yeah. Black, oh, you're right. Blacklisted for nothing. What do you ever do other than you know try to live out his cannibalistic fantasies without consent from his partners? What else did he ever? What did do? he do other than have some uh, interesting fanfic? Everything else is completely alleged. It's hard to see an earth shattering talent like that just be quieted. It is. Oh, man, I'm going to miss Army Hammer. Please write the wrong earth and get him back on screens. I got to see what he's got in store for us. What a versatile actor. But going back to... Always changes it up. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, I think I'm going to mm-hmm. go to Kroger and show up at the conveyor belt with half a container of baby powder. <laughs> Why? Because you got some... I'm just going to use it around the store. You know, use it around the store for a while and then pay for the rest. Just... Your pants are trailing puffs of white as you get up to the conveyor belt. Something I'm, I'm just you know doing you know doing all sorts of. I think I think there's a use for baby powder. Isn't that stuff dangerous? I don't remember. Isn't I, I'm sure if you ate it, but I, I think a lot of people use it to dry moist areas. Is that what you're talking about? Would you put it down your? Like, no, no, you no, have no, a little bit. No, of no, 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 no. I just mm-hmm. I thought that there's some sort of metallic content that there was a lawsuit or something where people are getting. Oh, well. But I would know. I would. What I would do is I would. I would form little. Um, you know, I'd leave like little shapes out into the in on the on the shelves and the aisles. I'd make little shapes out of baby powder. You make baby powder art. Like little, like, yeah, like store. a glyph, yeah. a glyph here, yeah. a glyph there. Like doing some sort of a, a marking. You know, like Banksy would or something like a like a Banksy, but yeah, like a powder Banksy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would do that, and then I would just I'd show up and I'd slam it down on the counter with the holes still open, so a little puff would would emit. Of course, yeah. yeah. We never close the hole, and no, and then pay three ninety nine and storm out and leave that cashier really thinking hard, like mulling existence. Well, eventually, word would get back to her that somebody left baby powder art and just piles of baby powder. I don't know how long that stuff would hold. How, how do you get it to shape? You must have another ingredient. I would probably shoplift some lemon juice. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And squirt that, use it as a as some sort of a uh, a bonding agent, but I would not yeah. feel comfortable paying for that unused product. You know, like you would steal that part. I would steal the you lemon. Would pay for some of it. Yeah, but yeah. baby powder, I, I feel obliged to. The Johnson and John Johnson people need my coins. They they, they do. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. 
so he develops a voice eventually, and that voice is Bud Court. He's not been talking this whole time, but what I liked about this performance is Bud Court gets mad as the computer, but whenever he gets mad, he gets kind of high pitched, and it sounds cute. Doesn't sound like Bud Court though. No, no, they put some effects on his voice. Um, Thank you. And then zoom in, and then there's a huge zoom in this movie. They go to a, this is a, a weird scene: is the two lovebirds go to a movie, uh, a drive-in, mm-hmm. and they're in the car, and of course everything. You know, Virginia Madsen wants to be kissed, and um, instead, Lanny Van Dolan has to have a series of accidents happen where he like hits the popcorn off the dash into her lap. He spills her drink or his drink on her, and she says to him, "He's like, I'm so sorry." She's like, "Don't worry, diet cola doesn't stain." And he says, uh, "Oops, it's not diet." And here's the thing: is that true? No. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say she's. Why would you trust a cellist's opinion about this shit? He he also and again and then he's he got he gets juju bees in her popcorn or his popcorn and he he just has a full blown concession fail in the car like it's insane and at one point she goes to pick something up off his lap and the guy next to him then the car next to him thinks he's getting a Hummer yeah. from her and gives him a little. Nice one, brother. Yeah. You know, good going. And he p- even puts his hands up like he's receiving it. And I thought that was a li- that's a little saucy for this movie. Right. That's about the only time it ge- it goes there. That's the first of two um, concessions. Little three's company. Yeah, it's the first of two concession speeches. Like he's he's ha- he's having a speech when, he, when he's making concession mistakes, and then when he mm-hmm. fails to close in the bedroom. It's a blowjob joke, Nick. I don't think this movie needed it. It's too cute. We don't need this here. It's on IMDb. She offered to blow his blow is real. And he's, I'll blow your reel. And, and he, he's like, I, I have a headache. I've got, you know. He's like, I do want that, but I just, I don't know if I'll, if we can get the times right. You know, maybe they were both just shy or he was shy. He didn't know how to reciprocate. He liked her, but he thought it was all fake. He's like, this young woman can like old Lenny Van Dolan. There's no way. Or even Lenny Von Dolan, for that matter. I don't know. What I, what I keep calling him? Lenny what? Van. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lenny Van, Lenny Vaughn. Let me see what other cool shit we missed. Well, okay, so at the beginning, at the airport, this, there's this little kid with a with a device, and it says, you're a fat. That's true. Yeah, a little digital device. That's yeah. how the movie starts. And then there's a joke. Well, it's a calorie counter. It's a calorie counter. Which, or something. Or Which, science fiction. By the way, they also have a date where they go to Alcatraz. Of course. They take a tour of Alcatraz and they have a blast. They leave the tour and start to have fun jailing each other, fake jailing each other. And she, it's just, it's a weird, like that's a total, like a music video move where they film it like a location and try to make it fun. And it's like a montage of them just having a blast. Somebody should do it. And then avoiding the tour guide, that kind of stuff. Somebody should do a fan edit and and insert that into the rock. And so we can just assume (laughs) that these characters are, Flittering about They're there too. Yeah. Like, There's a nice shot like, when they kiss. There's, Michael Bean's like, stand down, stand down, and then Lenny starts to zip his pants up. He's like, you're right, I should not close. There's a scene where they go, they kind of get locked in a cell together by the tour guide, yeah. and it's just, it's just him coming up with ways not to be hot to her. He does ask his computer to write a poem for his love interest, and. He gives it a couple words. She, you know, it, it, the computer's like, well, what, what should I give me some, you know, start me off? And he gives them some words, you know, and he, and the computer prints a bunch of rhymes to these, you know, for these words. And let me give you a couple 
words that appear in these lists. Pulled, hold, plug, and tug. <laughs> what kind of poem is this uh, this creepy computer going to write for this for this lady? In fact, he does write a poem, and Lenny doesn't like it. It's 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 a it is a little like he does say something. I want to see your your tits or something in that poem. I, I want to squeeze you, lick you, pucker up, and kiss you. And he, and he and he says you make her sound like a lemon. Yeah, the song he he makes a song. Hug, hold, squeeze, and lick, darling. I love you to bits, and I want to see your tits. I remember yeah. when I was a young man in the eighties watching this on HBO. That was basically was a, the Mount Everest of comedy. Did you think you that was hilarious? I lost my action. Oh, me too. D two in this, Nick. <laughs> it's getting a little creepy. But you know the thing is, he does get a little creepy. But not that's a but he doesn't know. He's like a kid. Like he doesn't understand that that's that's they're saying they don't understand that's incorrect. Well, you're just the latest victim of that fucking robot thinking he's he's guilty as charged, man. (laughs) Fucking, you are the latest mark in Edgar's pawn of lies. Fucking fell for it. Do you think he really is like? Oh, he's he's like he's a schemer, man. He's. He even he even he is a little bit of a schemer for sure. But do you think he he doesn't know what love is? Remember, oh. he really does start have feelings for this for this woman. He wants he wants credit for his work. He is a uh, scorned ugly machine, and mm. at the end, he is so funny because you're supposed to care when he says I'm leaving. It's supposed to be like a big moment when he decides to leave, and then all the shit happens. But he doesn't leave, does he? He stays. Well, he commits suicide he, somehow. He, I didn't follow But he it. doesn't? It blo- he blows out his monitor. But yeah, he just kind of like in Lawnmower Man or something, he goes into the into the internet, and, right? And he becomes the creepiest DJ I've ever heard. Yeah, he commits a terrorist act at the, act at the end of the movie and plays this horrible song, and it takes over the airwaves, yeah. And then people really dig it. Some people don't. Some people do. But that's in a weird way. That's kind of a standout sequence in this film that and because it's, it's kind of a lot different. It's just, it's very different from the rest of the film. You know, obviously he's just bringing his music video instincts into this film. Yeah, it's sort of like a prequel to Ponty Pool, I think, is what they're trying to say. It's like... To Pod People? The Ponty Pool. Ponty Pool, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we we did, she her, her cello breaks, for, you know, this, this elevator just slams shut on it. And, you know, there's a computer fight scene at the end, which is weird. And then we, this is how they make up for Miles... Like her interest in Miles is based on his music ability, which he doesn't have. Like he's he does he's not musical, and so she that's why she's intrigued by him. And so they know that they're smart enough to know that they still need to get them together, right? And so if he's been kind of fudging and lying this whole time, why should she be with him? And so when she sneaks into his apartment to kind of check out shit, she realizes that he's a little bit of an artist. He drew a very pretty picture of her, and so he Nick he does have an artist's heart so they can be together what do you think of that was that is that good uh, yeah it's very good um, then, he, then he asked her the big question at the end he's like why do you like me he asked her that why do you like me because he has self-doubt and she she loves everything about this man she loves his face she loves his causes she loves the way she he looks at her like she goes into it she leaves out the music completely that's not it that's not in there i don't believe it for one fucking second it's like i like your dick print it's it, but that's if I remember if I remember right, that's like Cyrano as well, right? Cyrano gets the lady though at the end. The computer does not get the lady. Doesn't Cyrano get the lady? He does. I thought. And I think okay. I guess Cyrano in your mind is Cyrano is the computer in this movie. 
Of course. See, in my mind, yeah. Cyrano is the fat kid at the airport. <laughs> I like when Lenny at the end or Miles at the end is like, I feel like a part of me has died. I was like, I mean, brain death. I mean, what he has no connection to this computer. Like, there's no bonding that happened. Yeah, there's no courtship phase between him and the computer. The computer sucks from the jump. They hate it. They hate each other. He wants to return it. Thinks about unplugging it. Does unplug it. Tries to murder it. Um, yeah, there's a scene where he comes in with an axe, and you see a silhouette in the screen. It's supposed to be. It's it's. It, there's a lot of stuff in this movie where if they had any teeth, this could have been. You know, imagine imagine if he had a little Cronenberg in him. You know, this could have been. Yeah, if they so if they would have made it a little bit. Yeah, I see what you're saying. If a little bit edgier somehow, I think it probably would have been a little bit more fondly remembered. But I gotta say, old Steve Barron got some chops. Yeah, not 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 a talentless dude. And hell, man, it launched. I guess it kind of launched Virginia Mads. She's been great. Didn't she? So she didn't launch her though, because she disappeared for quite some time. No, she was in Candyman. She's always been working. I like how I was telling you that I thought it was so funny. I remember Sideways. She had like these speeches that. Like about how, you know, time has kind of passed and she is, you know, like, it's just like she's older and all this stuff. She's like 40 in that movie or something, you know, like she she's a lot younger than I thought she was. Um, That's an old man talking. I know it is. That's the other thing. Yeah, because I'm about to be. By the way, I just realized that we're turning. I was listening to something today. You must remember this. I think a podcast they're doing a erotic, like they're doing like all these movies in the eighties and like these sex comedies. I don't know if you ever listen to that podcast, but it's just, it's pretty good. And they, they're talking a little bit about deep throat. And I realized that we're you, me, and I think deep throat are all turning 50 this year, pop some champagne and, and aim it at a computer <laughs> and hope it comes to life. What did you think of an, a similar film to this where a computer I guess the computer kind of comes to life in a very different way. Weird science. Did you like that movie growing up? Of course. Of course. Yeah, I loved it. I love that movie. I almost didn't like that movie because I got, uh, my cousin saw it before me and really thought he bragged about one thing and one thing only about this movie. Nudity. The term air biscuits. What? And then wolf bait. I don't remember air, air biscuits was farts. Yeah, I guess. yeah. There's a scene where Anthony Michael Hall talks about somebody floating air biscuits and dropping wolf bait, and like it's basically farting and shitting. Right. It's a scene when they're in the bathroom and there's a there's a girl outside the door, and then he's out. He's like he was ye- yelling what his what his friends doing in the bathroom or something. It's very embarrassing. I kind of remember that scene. But if you're watching, if you're watching Weird Science and you and you're you're gonna start to convey. That experience to somebody is that how you lead that story? Is that is it- <laughs> you lead it with a Bill Paxton's incredible in this film? Come on, and Anthony Michael Hall, all those guys. What was the other guy? The kid's name? He, Elon, he retired. Elon early. Mitchell Smith, of course, became a professor. Also, the star of the Keith Gordon's first the Chocolate film, War, the Chocolate War, right. mm-hmm. and that's that's it's a super zoom. That's where you who yeah you who is like it's when they're trying to figure out they should have vanilla. Yeah. Also, Kelly LeBrock obviously sexualized as nuts in that movie. She was, she was, she was also, she was, she was, but she's also like pretty funny in that film. I think she's pretty good in it. I, I feel bad that she got hooked up with uh, Seagal. Seagal. That sucks. Like, I don't know what happened there. See, uh, that's a weird way of saying worst. it's a shame that she peaked so young. It's a weird way of saying that. Like she had. Seagal's like fully in Russia. Like he lives in Russia. <laughs> it's like fucking amazing. It's incredible. He's like straight up like, like a pawn of like. Putin, I guess. 
He lives there, right? I'm not. I'm not making this up. Like he's he's full on. Like I found a silverfish in my bathroom. Mm-hmm. That's like me saying that silverfish is a pawn of mine. No, nah, fair enough. You know, he's a, not a pawn, but like he's he's certainly a. I think he is. He, he certainly speaks favorably of the Russian government. He's what a wild piece of shit that guy is. He, he's a fucking one of the fucking worst people. What a piece of just useless. Well, just a, just like an earth shattering piece of shit, <laughs> like just nothing worse. That is, you know, like that is fighting words. Casey Ryback on my watch. I will not let it happen. That is. I mean, just like it's one of those. He's so just horribly mediocre that you know you when you're that bad, and then later on in life, maybe you do something good, and then you're like, well, that's gonna backwardly reflect on the previous stuff I did and make it a little bit more palatable. But instead he's like just such a piece of shit that it just makes everything <laughs> so much worse. Like he was in the glimmer man. <laughs> the fucking glimmer man is one of his best movies. I love the fact that every month or so I will be scrolling and I will come across another video of him knocking people down in slow motion. Like his bread and butter is being like his lie and his bread and butter is being like this martial art, you know, expert, right? And he couldn't even stick with like a diet program to keep that up. Like he weighs like 300 pounds and and he like he's just got no and look, I'm not be fat. That's fine. Like I I'm not shaming. I'm just he, at least hold the lie up a little bit, you know, like tr- just work out once a week. But he doesn't have to because he could stand still and move one finger and knock guys down. Have you seen these videos? Where these people attack him from all these different angles, and he just it's all choreographed, and the people in the audience are laughing because it just looks so crazy. It's amazing, yeah. it's amazing. But like, I'm I'm just not fat shaming. I'm just fat shaming Steven Seagal. It, I just it's unbelievable what a piece of shit he is. It's incredible. Like I can't. It's you couldn't even make it worse. And his ego is like just off the charts. It's incredible. His self delusion, <laughs> just amazing. I'm not a praying man. But I am putting a prayer out into the night that he doesn't get diagnosed with aphasia anytime soon, just for you. <laughs> I mean, can I ask if he's still in movies? He, he he is, right? Like every once in a while he'll is he doing like is he doing like just movies where he shows up for ten minutes? Are dot mov files considered movies? <laughs> um, I remember fixing the shadow. He was in a movie with Van Dam a couple years ago called Sniper Special Ops, which is I guess that franchise with Behringer, right? It's a side franchise. Oh my god! I thought it, it said it. Oh my god! So it says Segal and Van Dam sniper special ops. And then I scrolled down. The cast list is Steven Segal and Rob Van Dam. <laughs> is that his brother? Is that his son or something? Probably. Yeah. I never get tired of celebrity brothers and sisters ever, but Rob Van Dam would be a new one to me. <laughs> I'm looking him up if he's got any connection because that's incredible. They put his name above the title. I think he's a wrestler or something. He must not be related. I'm sorry, I went on a little bit of a rant. I just can't believe how, what a pile. One thing I do love about Steven Seagal and his brother Cletus is he has a perfect <laughs> rising sun tattoo on his body, which reminds me that whirring sound you hear isn't the computer's CPU overheating. That's a little needle man time to get a tattoo from electric dreams on your body what's it gonna be Steven Seagal is 70 years old by the way he's 70 born in Michigan (laughs) (laughs) born in Michigan Nick in Lansing they should quarantine that fucking city make sure it doesn't happen again I wonder what his parents did 
like for a living or they like yes like his dad was like a vitamin salesman his mom worked at like a a spider sanctuary (laughs) don't get me excited man i mean if he grew up in lansing michigan there's like a chance there's just like a chance that he was like during high school he worked at like a burger king right (laughs) or a white castle wonder what summer jobs steven seagal had you know like wonder what he did in east land and lansing michigan yeah, I mean, he. There was definitely a moment where he had a lot of play doh stuck under his fingernails and did not know what to do with himself. You know, like that 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 situation. He's at the corner store getting a Mad Magazine or whatever, and like Stevie Seagal, tell your mother, you know, she's got a swell dumper. It's like I wonder what his origin story is, like how he went from there to like he decided he was going to create this myth about himself, which. Like he was some kind of expert in martial arts and studied with like, I know he went into Japan and studied. He was annoying. I'm sure like whatever. Fuck him forever. Fucking happy 70th. You piece of shit. Can you imagine having him as a house guest? Yeah, I kind of can. I'll be like, Steven, have you watched electric dreams? Let's fire it up. He, he, he comes out in the morning and he's like, do not go in there. Do not go in there. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be taking tragic dumps for sure. Yeah. For sure. He's like, uh, that toilet was under siege, man. I flushed some dark territory. Uh, I wanted to bring this up to you. She, and this, get your opinion of this. We're talking about eating a little bit. And I can't, you can't eat once you talked about Seagal, but that's okay. Whatchamacallit. She's eating a whatchamacallit candy bar uh, in this, which I used to love those. Do you ever eat those growing up? Nope. Let's move on. First thing discarded from the, from the Halloween bag. You hated whatchamacallit. I don't think you, it was, it wasn't, they never, did they make, make fun sides whatchamacallits? I don't remember. Of course they did. Are you nuts? How did you not like it? I hated the name. Yeah, for I only eat things whose names I enjoy. So what tattoo are you going to put on yourself from Electric Dreams? What year was that, by the way? 84. Nice year. It's a big year for us. At one point, Lenny, by the way, I keep looking at my nose. Miles says, yells at the computer, keep your damn ears out of her. He says that. <laughs> Keep your damn ears out of her. First of all, computer don't got ears. Yeah. Even if it did, what does that mean? All right, tattoo. I mean, for sure, I would get a tribute to two of my faves, computers with faces. I'd get Edgar from this movie. You know, at one point, it has a smiley face or a sad face. I would put that next to Gertie from Moon with the sad, sad face. Maybe I would do one happy, one sad. But you know, underneath, I'd write you know Gertie and Edgar, uh, friends forever. Right. Yeah. And I remember that whoever did the voice sounded like Kevin Spacey. Who was it? Kevin Spacey. Perfect. <laughs> it was Spacey. Did you really not know that, or were you just joking? No, I, I, I wasn't joking. It, the movie was it's the, actually the, the whole movie was Spacey. That's right. It's a zoom. It's an adjective. Yeah. It's a good movie, and it's a, actually I like Spacey in that film. I mean, Spacey was always pretty good and stuff. Always, yeah. What's he up to? What's he up to? He's recording his next Christmas video, I think. I would get a tattoo of a heart that looks a little bit like a computer, a computer-shaped heart or a heart-shaped computer. Mm-hmm. And it would Nirvana. And it would have a text that says "Lies plus technology equals love." Is that from the movie? No, I figure that's that's kind of the theme, man. And I, I would just kind of ride that ride, ride or die with it, you know, electric dream. Wow, that's a huge statement, man. Yeah. It's a pretty big beat there. Uh, <laughs> pretty big beat. <laughs> It's a pretty big it's a pretty it's a pretty big yeah you're right that's a pretty big beep oh boy what a beep that was 
Film's over. By the way, the, we didn't say this, but the big moment in this, like whenever he write, he ends up penning a song. It's like, you know, the computer writes a song, and she thinks that Lenny wrote it. It's a culture club. There's It's a culture club song. You mentioned culture club, but they have two songs in here, and that's I guess that they're the creators of the computer's P-Pen's culture club songs. That's an, And you said that they don't hold up. I kind of like the songs. The last one was by the guy from the Human League and Giorgio Moroder, who I Right, I right. Love, the last song. Love Giorgio yeah. Moroder. The last song was, but Culture Club has like two songs back to back in this. Yeah. Cult- Giorgio Moroder is like one of those great 80s composers. He did quite a few. Uh, I think he did Never Ending Story. I know he did Over the Top. And he, he was, you know, you think about Tangerine Dream and and uh, who are some of the great elect, elect, like kind of electronica, um, great electronica musicians, Vangelis, Georgia yeah. Moroder's right up in there. Yeah. By the way, the Culture Club, mm-hmm. Boy George, more like Computer George. Right. Killed it. Nailed it. I couldn't name any of the, like, I, I disagree with you on the, the composers, the synth composers. Tangerine Dream's still around, right? Yep. I think they're, they're celebrating their their. their 50th i think actually so the, i think i think tangerine dream might be in the same wheelhouse there so uh, us tangerine dream and deep throat try 55 years bitches tangerine dream is old as nuts and then for this movie they had von jealous do do the uh, music all right, all right um, okay <laughs> so the movie's over the credits have rolled out but lo and behold there's mm. a little stinger at the end a little extra scene for you my play takes place in the future probably like 30, 30 years after the events of this movie, this, you know, dissolves, uh, and we, we're in a hospital room. And the technology mm-hmm. is quite elaborate. All these machines are hooked up to the person who's infirm on the bed. And a, kind of a, a large man just kind of there. And we, we hear the sounds of all the stuff going on. It's obviously uh, this person's on their last legs. He, his eyes open, a tear forms. And he looks over, and there's a little, little monitor. And it says, you're still fat. And then the guy just dies. By the way, did you notice that Virginia Madsen's chin cries in this movie? It does. It splashes on the innards of the computer. She chin. She has a chin tear. She does. Yeah. Well, mine, of course, would be she's in the laundry room. She's she's pulling her uh, clothes out of the dryer, and then she goes, "Huh? I guess regular Coke doesn't stain." And that's the end. Or what are you drinking at, Doctor Pepper? Oh, guys. She said, "I'm sorry." She says, "Oh, I guess root beer doesn't stain." That's the end. That's the that's the little the camera pans, and Max Katie is in the room with her. Look, you've been given the uh, financing. And then she says, I got to dump this guy. Fuck. He's so boring. You know, I got to get rid of this. I got to get rid of this guy. You've been given the financing to have your own sequel to Electric Dreams. Money is cross bounds. Escrow is under it. I take Mm -hmm. that hard earned and put it to use. Mine's called Electric Sheens. Yeah. And it's a sequel to Men at Work and Electric Dreams. Emilio and Charlie decide to become gaffers in the film industry. Mm-hmm. They sell the dump truck, they get into the union, and they work their asses off in the movie business as electricians, and it's just fucking great. That sounds yeah. good. The 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 Sheen and um, you know Charlie and Amelia back to again again. Like they didn't did they ever work after that one together? They didn't work too much together, right? They did. They did plenty. They did. I mean, the Young Guns one. They were in that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm sure that they've done more. I mean, they have to have, yeah. Who directed that? They direct that together? I think Emilio directed that. One of our best. One of our best directors. He's he, I, he he's so... It's, he, you're so proud of him for trying, though, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, That's a good way to put I, it. I watch everything he makes just to... You know, it's, it's like uh, charity work that I do. 
you know. But what, what's your what's a uh, Nick? If you were like, what are you passionate about? What charity work you? I watch Emilio Estevez directing. You're like Jesus Christ, get you a fucking statue pronto. Let's put you let's put you in the middle of MacArthur Park, you fucking hero. All of them. You you watched that Parkland movie? I did. I watched it from beginning to end. Jesus Christ. Did you do they do that movie about the, the, the trip or the journey? The way. The way. How dare yeah. you call it anything the way. the way. The Martin way. Sheen's like, I'm successful. Emilio's like, I need you to spend six months in the mountains taking commands from me. Martin's like, oh, I, I, I did make you. I made you out. <laughs> the way is not about mountains. It's, a, it's that long trek. It's, you know, he, he loses. His son dies, and he, takes, he goes on the same trip that his son would have walked. And he's got no, but it's like it's like an actual pilgrimage that people take. I can't remember exactly where it is, Italy or something. Yeah, it's a huge. It's based on a, it's based on a religious. It's like a religious pilgrimage or something. And uh, then he did that one about the public library too. That was his last film that he did. Okay, um, that everybody saw and was a huge yeah. hit. Martin's Martin's like, well, it's funny. Ramon Estevez asked me to get milk for him the other day, and I went. I was yeah. I had my slippers on, but lo and behold, I went to the grocery store and got him that milk. Millie's like acted a movie for six months. <laughs> <laughs> I like when uh, they interviewed Martin Sheen. He's like, I'm so ashamed of my son, and they, and they're like, Yeah, Charlie really. He's like, No, 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 no. I'm talking about Millie. Oh. Yeah, he's like, More people went to watch me buy milk. <laughs> my sequel would be. You know, Miles is despondent after the death of his beloved computer and he realizes that he's in the ether, but he just no longer feels that cyber connection and that and it's just making him a broken man. Like he is at home. Virginia Madison's trying to get the fun back in their life and he just can't. He just like he just doesn't feel like himself. And she said, why don't you get a new computer and maybe it'll replace him. Maybe it'll that'll fill the hole in your heart. So he does. And even tries to spill champagne, but it's just, you know, it, all it's doing is like word processing and stuff. Nothing that, that this art artist, this old artist, uh, computer Edgar does. And so he's like, all right, I'm just going to just try to fight this computer because that's like old times for him. Like he always is tripping over shit. He's just trying, he's just doing, he's just doing, going through the motions, man. He accidentally cuts himself and spills some blood on the keyboard. And then the computer whirls to life and says, I am becoming. <laughs> And proceeds to generate some kind of, you know, cybernetic murder spree. And it, it's this one's called Electric Nightmares, Nick. <laughs> and Lenny is his, who had wanted this back in his life and now is at his mercy. Right. And somehow trying to stop the very thing that he accidentally created. And then the movie and the, the big sequence, after all these bodies pile up and it's just this horrible thing, he finally defeats it by unplugging it. Called Electric Nightmares. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Lenny Vidal in Halloween went out trick or treating as one of the demonic toys. Says on IMDb. Um, <laughs> look, you've been given <laughs> <laughs> which one? <laughs> look, I hope I hope I wish to God that you're not. <laughs> of course, you are. You've been given the money to have your own business associated with Electric Dreams. It's mm. a huge ask. What do you want to do there? Right. Yeah. Mine's pretty rotten and simple. The Electric Dreams has its own line of like Tupperware. Okay. Containers for food and drinks, you know, that you could put in your cabinet and use and, and enjoy. And right. people are mystified because it's not cheaper than Tupperware. It's not much. It's equal to or less than in terms of sturdiness. 
still machine washable and all that, but they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Tupperware is doing fine. I don't know why I had to buy this electric dream shit. The thing they don't realize, you're carrying around, let's say you've reheated some ramen and you're walking around. You decide to go to your computer. That's what it really earns its keep. You see, because there's trap doors in the bottom. When near a computer, the trap door springs and everything unloads near a computer. So you're, if, you're, if you're having a little reheated soup near that computer, that trap door will activate and it will douse your computer with the soups. Perfect tie-in. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. The computer detection technology in the trap door is cutting edge. That was pitched on Shark Tank, actually. Mine would be computer camouflage. That's my that's my product. Computer camouflage. That's something I think that doesn't didn't get solved uh, in the movie. At one point, Virginia Madsen enters the apartment unannounced. And Lenny desperately tries to cover in a in a, in a in a like a pinstripe robe. By the way, he's in a robe. She comes in. He desperately tries to hide the computer from her, so she won't know that that's that he has a computer that is producing music. He flings his robe over it and is kind of gets to show off his beautiful bod. I mean, come on, a little eye candy for the it's audience. A little Thank six you. pack burning out there. A little LVD in this, <laughs> and so. Uh, but, you know, here, here's the thing. He throws a robe over it. He tries to put, like, a towel on it. It's not a good job. That was his R&B you know song. Remember that? Throw, throw a robe on it. So, I don't remember it. But, so anyway. So, anyway, so that, it just got me thinking, hey, computer camouflage. Like, if someone comes in the room and you, I guess, in this case, it, it, like, if you're looking at pornography or something and you can't. You can't hit that power button. You can't like slam the screen down. You don't even want them to know. You just throw something over it that camouflages it mm-hmm. to the room, like a robe. I can understand why you would a camo robe. Because yeah. the last thing you want is for that person to think that that desktop computer is sentient and making music. Because that's right. their first instinct when they see a computer. On exactly. Bed. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah, worried about the it's Cyranoing you, right? And so you wanted to, to throw something on it that will make people think that there's not even a computer in this room. It's huge, yeah, yeah. And so that I think that's something that people get. It's like, be a it's weird like thing that. It's like that Hobbit rock blanket thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like maybe it just makes it look like a gigantic like gag book or something. I don't know. Or maybe it, maybe it looks like a tied up uh, abducted child on his desk. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's. I think that's my idea. I don't think we should move on necessarily. I think we could really talk about this, but for time's sake, maybe we should jump to the next category. Although I do, I'd like to just get write my own review here. I think I killed it. What material would it be? Computer camo. Computer camo. What material would hmm? you use to make it? I mean, that's a question for another time, isn't it? Terry cloth? I'm just thinking of the robe. I'm in. I'm, in. I'm 100% in. What was the song again? Throw a robe Throw on a it. Throw a robe on it, yeah. <laughs> And in this case, is he talking about somebody like a, a, a person that has a love interest, throw a robe on it, or just on a, anything? No, it was later repurposed as put a ring on it, right? So look, you're in the movie. You're a character in this biz. What shape does your performance take? By the way, did you hear about this, that Bud Court was never an, allowed to interact with the actors because they wanted to maintain this, this, <laughs> this disconnect between him and those actors? This is not a fake this Zoom. This is not a fake Zoom. Bud Court, they were prohibited from interacting with Bud Court. He was, <laughs> he was in a different room speaking through a microphone as Edgar. It shows. I mean, it obviously shows, but it really, it's a weird, it's a weird thing to do on Electric Dreams. He's like, the director, he's like, man, the director's so good. He wouldn't even let the actors talk to me. The director's like, I didn't do what? I didn't tell them to do that. They I just didn't want him to see your bugged out face and get sick. You're. <laughs> 
Who who intentionally gets a monk's hairstyle? Come on, fuck. <laughs> He's a national treasure. You're ripping Bud Cole. You're right. He's great. Yeah, you're right. Good once a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, he showed up in uh, the the um, Wes Anderson film. He's pretty good in that too. The Life Aquatic. Yeah, he was a he was a stellar. Yeah, unforgettable. <laughs> Played the company man. He was great. He's kidnapped. Come on, Bud Cord's great. Couldn't act. Couldn't interact with the actors, huh? <laughs> wanted to maintain the integrity of the plot you know like because if you're looking at bud court you're not going to believe that this magical device is capable of uh talking about your tits yeah once he i remember he cracked the closet door that he was in with the microphone and he cracked the door open to kind of peek out and the director said no <laughs> he got half eaten by a snake he was being devoured <laughs> by it but he did not break character Finally, Baron yells cut and court can be said in the computer voice. I am half inside of an anaconda. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, they they really keep him separate. 100%. (laughs) In a lead line, in a lead line box. (laughs) (laughs) So they could have recorded his part later, but they made him come to set and hi- they hit yeah. him. They had to go to boot camp, boot up camp. He's like behind the closet door. He's like, do I, do I, do I smell lunch? Shut up, bud. Yeah. Okay. So poor guy. His name's Bud though. It's true. What compete, what character would you yeah. be? By the way, do you like the scene where there's, it's kind of erotic when he puts the modem, he puts the phone on the modem in this. Remember that he puts a phone in the old little. It's like a padded modem. Yeah, that was always fun to. I, you mean, yeah. Why is it erotic? It just though? feels like it's like you know, it's it's got a penetrative element. I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I was thinking when I saw that. Yeah. Is that why uh, Lenny Vaughn said "Oh, Mama" when he? Yeah. Lowered it onto its cradle. Let me see here. What character would I play? I mean, it's just a kick to be in this. Right. I'll just say that up right. front. It's just what a what a thrill, you know. I I'm a, I'm a, I have a small role in this. I'm a grief counselor, and uh, I show up, and I'm in I'm 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 in the market for a computer, and I watch the lady drop the, the PC and then cut him a wicked deal on it, and it's the last one. Mm-hmm. And I and I was like, I was going to program grief counseling software on on this computer. And and Great. then the clerk's like, "We sold out. Get the fuck out." She's an amazing hat in this, by the way. It's too big for her, and it says like "Computer World," not in the center of the hat, but like toward the brim. You know, like you know what I'm saying. Well, I'm the guy in the movie that I'm an investor in Lenny's dream. I believe. I believe in the perfect brick. I believe he can solve earthquakes. Disruptions and earthquake devastation. Yeah, I was about to say you, you can't solve an earthquake. You just gotta. Lit. He's solving it. This is this is his bloody pitch. He goes, earthquake's no problem with this brick. Who cares if the ground's shaking? It's not gonna hurt anything. Just jump in my building. You'll you can ride it out. And I was a believer. And he brings uh, his brick to me, his prototype. And I go, this brick is shit. <laughs> this is not because I had pictured it was gonna be this cool. It just looks like a brick to me. You know, like I thought it was gonna be bigger better mm-hmm. and he's just bringing me like it looks like it's a brick with like it looked like he half-assed it mm-hmm. let's be yeah. honest you know what i'm saying it looked like he went to home depot and grabbed a brick I'm like i'm not understanding it doesn't look like a puzzle piece miles 
I'm not, yeah, I'm not understanding what you told me. I'm just, what I'm looking at, like something that you can put outside for decoration or something, you know, like this is, looks ridiculous. And so I, I try to withdraw all my funding and he murders me. I took a, that took yeah. a turn. Yeah. And then the computer helps him cover it up and they bond. And then he helps cover the computer up with that camouflage. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Kills me with the perfect brick. It's my fault. Like yeah. as I'm being murdered, I'm like, I guess it was stronger. Maybe a little bit harder than I thought. Right. I've changed my mind. And actually, here's what's even more ironic. It, my bad. He you doesn't know. hide the body. No need. Yeah. Earthquake happens and you're sucked in beneath. And just imagine if you had the perfect bricks, you would not have been sucked beneath. Look, you have got to take uh, a little bit of discipline from this movie and incorporate it into your everyday life. What's your ritual, man? Well, it's something I've been doing since before I saw this movie lately, and it's something you see me do. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I'll just awkwardly hug my computer. It's like, like I'll hug it, but I'll make sure that my dick doesn't touch it. You know, I'll hug and I'll pull my hips back so that my dick's not touching it. You know, like sure, like sure. when you like yeah, when you yeah. hug a colleague, right? You don't want to hug them and instantly penetrate. <laughs> By the way, um, hey listeners, if you had hug a colleague on your bingo card, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna resurrect. You know how everybody, you know, excuses to be late to work. Um, I was stuck in traffic. You know, I had a doctor's appointment that went long. And, you know, they made me wait. I'm gonna resurrect the excuse I was trapped in my own house by an AI device. Nice. Justin, again, I'm like, I can't figure it out. Every Monday, it traps me. Yeah. I don't know what the settings is how to turn it off. I can't get in there. I've called, I've called the specialists. I've called the tech guys. They can't figure it out. I just get trapped in here until how noon. do you get it to relent? Good question. It's on a timer. It just, it just lets, if somehow unlocks when I, you know, around 1130 every Monday, but the smart homes, I feel like that's kind of, it's time to add that to the excuse list for why people are late to things. I was trapped. I was trapped in my house. Right. Couldn't get out. It was actually kind of scary. I'm regretting this home, you know, this smart home shit. Maybe I shouldn't have done it. Right. The jury's out. Man, I'm on fire. And you look, you, you open tonight. up the app on your phone and you see the command. And, oh, I, I could just drag Gary Busey from the wall outside and just, just you know, move him to the trash. He, I don't have to let him roam the house on the inside. Hide her in the house. Yeah. I see. Yeah. yeah. You just drag and drop Gary Busey and all of a sudden, yeah. I think it'd be great is you show up to late late to work every Monday, at, you know, and they're like, well, Justin, we know that the Great Space Coaster goes off at 11.15, your favorite show. All right, so look, you're on an island. You've been floating there all these many years, getting debris from films, and now it's time to take something from Electric Dreams. Mm -hmm. What are you bringing? That's a good question. Sad for you. There's no, there's no dead bodies in this one. It's going to be tough, slim pickings for you. First of all, that's profiling, and it's not accurate. <laughs> What, there's a dead body in there's nobody died in no this? i'm saying it's like oh. i'm i'm not a one-dimensional uh easy to predict person i, might, I have dreams i mean I, I wouldn't mind taking max maxwell caulfield's confidence with me to my island mc's confidence you know his you know just his attitude towards life you know he's god's gift um even when he loses doesn't care mm -hmm. Just like it wasn't for this, who gives a shit? She missed out. She's not coming on the Maxwell Caulfield train. Well, tickets unavailable, baby. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. And so I just take his confidence. Just strut across my island. Maxwell Caulfield, like that's, white t-shirt, you know, looking great. I kind of, what do you that's think? That's great. I mean, he's, he does have a lot of... Pull it off. Star 
Yeah, Charisma. Star Grease too, of course. How do you not like it? Still working, by the way. It was just in a couple things. Not, not a bad guy. What about you? I take that really old lady. Which one? Like, there's the oldest, the oldest one. The neighbor? Yeah. The one that tells her husband to go into the house and turn off the music? Something. Yeah, really old one. Okay. I'm just going to uh, sit and wait. <laughs> Look at my watch. Tick tock, sweetie. Enjoy the gamma rays pounding you from the sky. The salty brine mm. messing with your pace of breathing. Tick tock. And you just hear, you just hear this from my island. You just hear this somebody saying something to you. You just hear it. And you can't make it out. You kind of you're like, what? It's me, you know. I'm just vibing. You're like, what? Just vibing over here. You know, like Maxwell Caulfield did yeah. in Electric Dreams. I'm just vibing here. What what are you doing? What what do you what's that? Uh, what is that? Did your did your your grandma come over? And I said, no, we're just sitting here waiting. I got tick tock. Do you notice how her breathing is starting to to lengthen and become more labored? And do you notice how the salty brine is perforating her breathing apparatus and how the sun's heat is slowing her down, making her skin tight and hard? Well, now that you mention it, tick tock, brother. And then this, and then boom! I, I toss a boombox down, and me and her tear it up on the beach, rocking out a little uh, heavily choreographed dance number to the song at yeah, the end, swinging her around, doing cartwheels, pivoting, throwing her. Yes. So you were TikToking to wait for her to get some energy to dance with. I you? was she. I was charging her batteries. This is the best thing that's ever. This is the best thing that's ever happened to the end of the show. What a twist! Charging her batteries and uh, just. Rocking out, and and at the end, I let her dash me on the rocks. Oh, really? Yeah, I let her dash me on the rocks just for a while. Is that a? Is that a something? Because it's not going to let you kill. She's not going to kill. No, you. no. She, I just let, let, I let her take a few hearty swings with me to the beat of that Culture Club song or to that uh, Human League song. I just lay there in the in the in the fading lights and just stare up at her. Well, diagnosis not weird. You know what I'm saying? Totally normal. And I, I use her as a backpack. What does that mean? I go in my in my during my chores. She, she rides around my back like Yoda, and I put things in her. Still alive? It's perfectly alive. Perfectly sweet. Yeah, right. Sweet. Like I said, this ended. This is a twist. Plug her with some helium from time to time. Got my work cut out for me. <laughs>
truer than you ever knew A snake's embrace A puncher's chance is all you get To plead your truth to the lion's face Waking now to how you chose To become cold